Good day to you. We are reading in the Gospel of John. We are reading, let's see, we are reading as kind of a foundational Bible study to understand the events that are taking place and what is being said and the context of these things so that we will be stronger in our belief and uh, faith and walk with the Lord. Uh, last time we had read chapter 4 and at the end of chapter 4 Jesus was in Cana in Galilee, let's see, and at Capernaum there was an official whose child was, let's see, is it his son? Yes, whose son was ill and Jesus told him to go that his son would live and his son did live so basically basically it healed him from afar <clears throat> now we're ready to read in the Gospel of John chapter 5 and this is verse 1 after this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Now, my Bible leads out, leaves out verse 4. But verse 4 said, For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. So it's like these folks, these invalids, would lay there or sit there and wait for this stirring of the water to happen and the first one in would be healed so they would have like a, almost like a little race to get in there, though how invalids would race to get in there I don't know. So I'm not trying to be funny, I mean this really sounds like this was what they were doing. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. Here they were being very letter of the law. They were saying it's not, you know, it's work. They're saying that's work. You shouldn't be working, you know. You know, God had given them the Sabbath as a nice thing, as a day of rest for them. But it wasn't intended to be um, a point of condemnation that uh, so many of these folks were taking this and making it into a point of condemnation for people and it was not really intended to be that way but nonetheless um, so in verse 11 but he answered them the man who healed me that man said to me take up your bed and walk they asked him who is the man who said to you take up your bed and walk now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. 
And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. So, they took issue with him healing and doing things, good things, on the Sabbath. Which was kind of odd, because we've seen in other, other examples where, you know, some things would be acceptable for them to do on the Sabbath, such as, you know, um, going and, I don't know, saving a, a livestock animal or feeding a livestock animal or doing certain things would be acceptable. So why would it not be acceptable for God to heal on the Sabbath? You know, it's, I mean, in a way, we would look at that and think they're kind of silly, but... But that's the way they were being. And sometimes we have letter of the law things that we treat the same way. I hate to say that, but we can easily find those types of issues ourselves. Um, so we shouldn't be too hard on them or think too badly of them because sometimes we are guilty of doing similar things. Verse 18. <clears throat> this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath... But he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So they were offended that he was making himself equal to God. And I have, I have even heard that from, you know, a devout Jew in, in present time, that their problem with Jesus was that he made himself equal to God. And they, they could not have that the way they looked at it. So that was, that's their problem with Jesus so and verse 19 so Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you the son of the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does that the son does likewise for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel for as the Son raises the dead and gives them life... No. Let me back up. Excuse me. Verse 21. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And this is again speaking of spiritual things and moving from death to life. Believing in Jesus gives you eternal life. Verse 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. He means hear and understand, you know. Those who truly listen and hear and understand and believe. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment so this is um, 
you know, this is what the Jesus, what, okay. This is what Jesus is telling these Jews. It doesn't say that these Jews are necessarily Pharisees. So, all right. So that's what Jesus is telling these Jews, and now he's going to continue on. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not deemed true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. So here he's saying that he is not his own witness. John the Baptist was witness to him beforehand. That John the Baptist declared that Jesus was the one they were looking for and waiting for. <clears throat> verse 35 he was a burning and shining lamp and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light but the testimony that I have is greater than that of John for the works that the father has given me to accomplish the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the father has sent me and the works he's doing is the, the miracles he's performing the things he's doing in front of them showing them that uh, you know, they know he cannot do this without the power of God. Nicodemus said as much a few chapters back. <clears throat> and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So again, he's saying their foundation, the, the beginning of their learning, the beginning of what they should believe from the scriptures, they're not even following that. They're supposed to follow the writings of Moses and to understand those. But they don't even have that. And he also mentions they do not have the love of God within them because they do not recognize him or see him for what he is. So this is a pretty lengthy... Um, talk of the witnesses to him the scriptures you know bear witness on Jesus what Moses wrote what uh, John the Baptist was a witness to Jesus and he's he's telling them these things and then he's like how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek glory that comes from the only God their hearts are just in the wrong place and they're not 
seeking glory from God. They're not seeking God's way, but they're glorifying one another and sort of patting themselves on the back. And, you know, so they've got the wrong attitude and the wrong heart attitude here. And that's why they do not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And you'll notice they're already, if you look at um, uh, verse 18, this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. So they could not, they could not bear that. Even though they should also have counted themselves as the, as the children of God, and they should have realized, you know, that this was not, there was nothing wrong going on here. There was nothing wrong happening. But they were being offended because they, Jesus did not follow their what did not follow their traditions and the way they wanted things to be and part of Jesus message was that there was change coming things were changing so uh, they did not want that they wanted things to remain as they were so that they still had their power and their um, and their I guess their glory amongst themselves and from one another so all right so that is the end of chapter 5 Next session, we will read chapter 6. I want to thank you for listening, and uh, hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you.